0: on Chain, old and Gertie is calling my name. There is no mercy in this penitentiary. Just ask the Hillstring Gang, Rainbow.
1: Hey everyone, welcome to Bloody Angola, a podcast, 142 years in the making. The complete story of America's bloodiest prison. And I'm Jim Chapman. And I'm Woody Overton. And we are bringing you something a little bit different today. Yes, indeed. Tell them the name, Jimmy. That's right. We're gonna uh we're gonna call this clemency. Clemency. The clemency debacle. <laughs> right. That's what it is. And and
2: if you know, Unless you've been living under a rock, you know that all, or at least 50, or 54? 56. 56 death row inmates are getting the chance that they should never have gotten to have a clemency hearing. So that it's going to be controversial, what we're going to talk about. But we're going to tell
1: you why they're there and everything else.
2: That's right. you.
1: Yes. Right? Yes, and uh, for those of you outside of Louisiana, we'll catch you up real quick and and let you know what's going on, because this is really unprecedented, and this is current information. A lot of times we'll do historic stories on this show, but this is so current, in fact, that some of it's just a couple of days old. Me and Woody have been on this pretty much from the beginning and and, uh, have one eye on it, and when we saw... Uh, What we're going to tell you that transpired, we put both eyes on it real quick. Mm -hmm. It's serious stuff, and uh, we felt like this is something that, especially here in Louisiana where we broadcast out of, people needed to know. But really, all over the country, all over the world, this is something that you're going to find shocking, in my opinion. I agree. Uh, So just to kind of start this off, maybe, Woody, explain to them what clemency is.
2: (sighs) These guys are on death row, y'all, because they're the worst of the worst. This it's not just you killed your wife um, in a heated argument or whatever. They have to have aggravating circumstances in their nightmares, and and, and basically the state decide the, or not the state a jury appears after they found were found guilty for the crimes. They had a death penalty phase, and. Uh, it's not used that often, but the in the death penalty phase, they go over the aggravating circumstances, basically telling why the monsters are what they are, and this was why they need to be put to death, which is yes, the ultimate punishment. Now clemency, it just doesn't happen. I mean, they they can make it through and appeals and get it, get it overturned or whatever, but clemency means that they're basically sparing their life. Yeah. And, and as supposedly if you get clemency, you still be locked up, um, for the rest of your life and, and you're going to die and Angola. but that's not, There's that's no where the problem is mm-hmm. with this whole freaking thing. And, and, and we're going to get into it because that's not what, that's not what technically can happen
1: to take y'all back to the beginning of this thing. We're going to bring you back to middle of June of, of uh, this year and something very strange and very unprecedented happened. And that was uh, over fifty of these death row inmates now. these are uh, all of these people are sentenced to death. They all filed for clemency at the same time, right? Let me say that again, at the same time, the same moment. Obviously, that was coordinated. That's co- it had to be a coordinated filing. Uh, it's the first time anything like that has ever happened uh as far as all asking for it, clemency in the same ever day in the ever. world uh, not just never heard of Santa. that yeah so uh,
2: they, they, look these guys are in cells that you know share a wall with each other but they can't see each other yeah. and and 56 of them to come out and and file right in Governor John Bell Edwards last several months in office. And we're going
1: to get to that, but file all at one time. You better believe somebody had a hand in that. Somebody definitely had a hand in it. And so they get slated for what's called an administrative review. And that is the, uh, the parole administration takes that and they look at it and they determine if these people should have a hearing, Mm -hmm. um, Governor Edwards at that point steps in and he says, you know, essentially that he feels like they should. Right. Um, governor John Bell Edwards, y'all, is, is a Democratic governor here in the state of Louisiana. And he's he's unique amongst Democrats. And what we mean by that is he's he's very uh, pro-Second Amendment. And right. That's something most Democratic people in politics are not. Right. Um, he is a former military. As a matter of fact, he... Went to West Point, right. graduated. Addict, he was in the Second Airborne.
2: And he's a, a high ranking officer, yeah. and uh, you know,
1: as a brother uh, is it a brother? His brother
2: is a-, a sheriff of Poe Parish, Daniel Edwards, and in you know, so the I understand the firearms part and everything, uh, uh, the Second Amendment and all that, and in I think he's a, he's a good dude, but ever since he's been in office, the, the he's had a pissing contest with. The Attorney General Jeff Landry, who is now going to be running for governor, yeah, uh, uh, and this is John Bell Edwards' last term. Like in January, he's done. The election is coming up, and, and he knows that, right? So this is his last hours, yes. and and then he comes out and does this.
1: That's right. So he he comes out. He he asks the you know the the parole administration to allow hearings. Now the for death row inmates for death row inmates, and so there was a problem, and and this problem was from the administration standpoint of the parole uh, board. Administration was there was a legality issue. This was what they were looking at. They basically had an issue where, in the state of Louisiana, there is a statute that after you exhaust all your appeals you are then allowed to request a clemency hearing up to a year after that point. Right. None of these, none of the 56 death row inmates that uh, that are they now filed, going to be heard right. had filed for clemency within that year time frame. This was the question that the parole administration had. So the parole administration asked for an opinion from the attorney general. Right,
2: which is the, the you know... I, I know y'all know the attorney general is the highest ranking, not only law enforcement officer in state, uh, uh, but they run, you know, they give legal opinions on all things like this and everything law enforcement related, et cetera.
1: And I would go as far as to say probably the second most powerful position uh, I, I, in state I, I, no
2: government. No doubt about it. No doubt about it.
1: Uh, outside of the governor. So they, they did what they were supposed to do, which is they they saw an issue and and they deferred that to the attorney general, and they said, "Look, we need your opinion, right. you know, in writing on the, yeah, 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 and they referenced that particular statute. So the attorney general came back, and uh, and he gave an opinion. So we're going to we're going to get into that, but before we do, I do want to uh, what he's actually going to read an article uh, to you guys. On the day that the clemency was actually requested on the inmates. Right.
2: This is an article that came out on June 13th, 2023. It says nearly all of Louisiana's death row inmates asked on Tuesday for term limited Democratic Governor John Bell Edwards to spare their lives and grant them clemency, changing their punishment from death penalty to life imprisonment without the possibility of parole. The 56 clemency applications came after a bill to abolish the death penalty failed during Louisiana's legislative session, with, which uh, adjourned on Thursday. Over the spring, Edwards, who is unable to seek re-election this year due to consecutive term limits, opening a huge opportunity for Republicans to win the seat in a reliably red state, voiced his support for the first time to eliminate capital punishment. That's key. key. I mean, all right, I'm going to go on and we'll comment on it. He urged lawmakers to get rid of the death penalty, saying it was inconsistent with Louisiana's pro-life values as it quite literally promotes a culture of death. Cecilia Capel, the executive director of the Louisiana Capital Appeals Project and an attorney for several of the prisoners who have filed clemency applications, said in Tuesday's press release that there are systematic flaws to the death penalty in Louisiana. She cited racial disparity, death sentence prisoners with evidence of intellectual disability, and prosecutorial misconduct that has resulted in inmates being exonerated in recent years. Eric Cole, a spokes- spokesman for Edwards, said that all clemency applications are reviewed by the Louisiana Board of Pardons and, and Committee on Parole. Any applications recommended to the governor by the board members, all of whom were appointed by Edwards, are reviewed on a case-by-case basis before a final decision is made. Only two clemency requests have been granted by Louisiana governors since the state and state of the death penalty in the 1970s. Only two. Only two. And, and y'all, that's was this after they reinstated because they had a moratorium on it for a little bit. It had always been in In place, but currently, sixty people sit on Louisiana's death row, and Louisiana has held twenty-eight executions since the Supreme Court reinstated the death penalty in nineteen seventy-six. But the last lethal injection was in January twenty ten, when the state executed. um, I'm going to call him my boy, but. The guy I know very well, Gerald Borderline, mm-hmm. a convicted sex offender who confessed to strangling his 12-year-old stepdaughter and waived his appeal. Currently, there are no execution dates set, according to the Department of Corrections. However, other states are proceeding with capital punishment. 27 states have the death penalty. Last year, 18 inmates were executed. In addition, a handful of states are seeking to reinstate other execution methods, such as firing squads, As an alternative to lethal injection, after pharmaceutical companies bar the use of their drugs, and basically that John Bell, since John Bell Edwards has been in office, nobody's been put to death, and they said it was over, you know, disputes about them giving the medications to do it or whatever, and it's, it's very public history of attorney. General Jeff Landry being like, uh, no, this this is the law, these need to go through and, and John Bell Everts has been able to hold it up the whole time. Now the truth comes out in his last hours or his last months in office. He's like, mm, let's just abolish the death penalty in Louisiana. I don't like it.
1: Yeah. And and Well, I mean, you've been lying. He uh, has yeah. he has no you know, no sort of controls as to do he doesn't have to worry about being reelected right. so a lot of it's things basically, it's
2: a lame duck yeah and it's his last ditch effort to leave his mark
1: and that's where you see true colors a lot of yeah. times is it, when there are no consequences to uh the things you're trying to push from right, a political right. standpoint
2: and you know what i'm gonna tell you something i have nothing against john bell Edwards. uh the i don't think he's been a you know superstar governor but i certainly don't think he's been a shithead i mean he's been a pretty decent dude except for this issue which has been going on for years and years now meanwhile the the victims families are sitting there anguishing and they have to live with every day and 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 everything else but he hit it on this my only problem with him is he hit it on the guys of you know the the pharmaceutical stuff and all that when he knew all along, he wasn't going to let anybody
1: die when he was governor, not die, be executed. That's right. And, and so as we told you, uh, you know, the Louisiana board of pardon and committee on parole, who there's a guy by the name of Francis Abbott, he's the executive director. And he requested a opinion from the attorney general on this because He knew that the clemency consideration eligibility, uh, there was a problem with that statute and it being outside of that year. Uh, As a matter of
2: fact,
1: totally illegal. And so essentially, the governor's asking for a waiver of that. Uh, Let's just overlook that statute. And he wanted that opinion. Jeff Landry came out, and he issued a four-page opinion. I won't read all that to you, but look, this is important. If you're a patron member, uh, every file that we reference, we are going to post just for patron members on the patron site. Uh, the actual documents. Right. So these are documents that uh you you could dig up if you if you yeah. if you like I do and you spend hours yeah. and yeah. hours yeah. Jim, on research. Jim
2: out out punting his covers. Yeah, yeah. I really he, did. He, 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 I mean,
1: but if you're well, a patron member and it's, you're like me, it's, a gold,
2: it's a treasure trove. A yeah, motivation.
1: you'll be able to see all these documents that I reference. I'll put them in a file on there. So if you're not a patron yeah. member, join patron and, to see and, that.
2: And this is. a the Louisiana attorney general that we told you about, who's been going against governor John Bell Edwards, entire terms
1: of that Jim's going to read. So when the attorney general gets that, uh, he issues that four page opinion. I won't read all that to you, but I will uh, read one little reference to you. And that was in reference to that statute. He said in the matter at hand, There exists no factual basis for the board to engage in an emergency rulemaking. That's what a waiver would be, a situation, an emergency rulemaking. Even to the extent of the nature of the board rules at issue here, uh, and regarding that your request concerns death row inmates, the carrying out of the death penalty upon lawfully convicted sentenced individuals, does not satisfy any of the five reasons set forth by the legislator. No she exists where there are currently no warrants issued for execution and where it has been officially reported that the drugs needed to carry out lethal injection are not available. So he's talking about the rushing of this. Right. Uh, he's basically saying there is no, wh- number one, why are we rushing right. this situation? Uh, because there's no drugs to carry out the execution right. anyway, they won't sell them to
2: right. us. Actually, There's it, it, no calls for them to, to, to apply for clemency when they're, they're not going to be put to death, right? You know, there's no urgency, right? No and, urgency. And no urgency. What's but, the rush? I'll tell you what the rush is. He's yeah. about to get out of exactly.
1: office. exactly, and uh, and incidentally, Attorney General Jeff Landry is running for governor. So, um, so. Someone that is, I don't want to say pro the death penalty, right, but he, he would bring it he's back. He's seen the
2: horror of these cases, and and, and everybody Ed, that's not, knows that. Not for the death penalty, has never had their baby daughter raped and mutilated and de- you know dismembered. I'm just giving you a, a, and and what whatever eaten, and these people are the the worst of the worst, bro. These are not regular crimes.
1: That's right. So. The Advocate runs a story on that. The Advocate is a, is a local paper uh, in Louisiana, and I'm going to read that to you. It's very important. It says, Jeff Landry urges the Louisiana par Board Pardon Board to follow its rules when considering death row clemency applications. Uh, he has issued a legal opinion that advises the Louisiana Pardon Board not to hear the clemency applications sent in by 56 death row inmates. Landry said the pardon board had 440 applications to examine before they get to death row inmates who are hoping Governor Edwards reduces their punishment to life in prison. Why are these applications any more important than the 440 that are already in the pipeline and pending, Landry said. Landry also said the pardon board's own rules say that a clemency application should be filed within their last appeal of one year. He said there are emergency circumstances like an execution date, but that does not apply in this situation because the act, we can't get the drugs. Uh, you have rules out there, and evidently there's a group of people that believe they can always break them and other people have to follow them. The question is, uh, is that actually the case? Well, there's a rule in place, and you have to follow the rules. But executive, executive director of the Capital Appeals Project, Cecilia Capel, said Landry's legal opinion has no binding force on the board. Uh, so it gets into a little political stuff there. And then it says there have been uh, several death or inmates that have applied. Not a single one of those applications was kicked out for timeliness, and every one of them was done over a year after the direct appeal. That was Landry's point to this. Um, So there's a legal, major legal issue there. However, um, uh, you know, it didn't stop the problem. And so what happened after that is the parole board looked at the issues with this legality and they said, you know what, we're not going to, we're going to turn away Right, these uh, petitions, right. clemency petitions, and, and they did that on July twenty eighth. Right,
2: and there's no history of it. They get the the legal opinion from uh, Jeff Landry, and there you go. Right, that's and right. Now we're going to turn it away because we're going to do the right thing. We're going to follow the letter of the law.
1: Yeah. So again, uh, you know, that was that was major news on July twenty
2: eighth. And I'll, and I'll read it to y'all real quick and say. Uh, you understand and we're building this story up y'all for a reason and at some point we're going to get into the, the these people these 56 petitioners and their actual crimes and and, and so just stick with us the um so this, this article came out also from the advocate on July 28th, the more advocate but it's the after nearly every death Row inmate in Louisiana asked for clemency. The state's pardon board turned away all fifty-six petitions. After nearly every death row in, inmate in Louisiana asked for clemency in mass, the state Barns board turned them uh, the all away all fifty-six petitions this week. Francis Abbott, executive director of Louisiana's Board of Pardons and Committee on Parole, confirmed to the Associated Press on Friday that none of the applicants are currently eligible. That's a decision. That decision was based on an opinion filed last week by Attorney General Jeff Landry, a Republican and gubernatorial candidate, who found that the board can't waive a policy requiring a clemency petition to be filed within a year of a judge ruling on an appeal. Exceptions are allowed in some extenuating circumstances, notably if an execution date is near. However, Louisiana does not have any execution dates scheduled in the last lethal injection in the state occurred over a decade ago. Louisiana was failed by our appointed officials this week. Promise of Justice Initiative and New Orleans-based organization, said in a press release urging Democratic Governor John Bel. Everts to step in and set hearings for clemency petitions. The state has been given a chance to commute death row to life sentences, and Louisiana can still choose life over death, dignity over over violence, to choose right over wrong. Over the spring, Edwards, who is unable to seek re-election this year due to consecutive term limits, opening a huge opportunity for Republicans to win the seat in a reliably red state, voiced his support for the first time to eliminate capital punishment. He urged lawmakers to get rid of the death penalty, saying it was inconsistent with Louisiana's pro-life values. As it quite literally promotes the culture of death. Right And... Y'all, the rest of it is, is is the same thing we told you, right? Uh, uh You know, in, in the uh, other article that I read to you, the deal being is, so now, they're, they're all say is we're good, cool. right? We're yeah, good. we're we're good, and they, and, but, they followed the law, right.
1: they denied the right. application, but that's
2: not good enough. No, John Bell says, mm, "You reckon it might eight, have pissed you I've all? been here eight years, <laughs> yeah. and now I'm gonna come out. I've come out saying politically and personally I don't believe in it That's so right. I'm gonna try to get back and like him and Jeff Landry have been doing the whole time one up in each other on the situation and y'all the problem is it's not a problem it's not a problem for me or or Jim the problem is those 56 people that file Jeff Landry more than likely is going to win governor or whoever wins governor let's say and Jeff Landry being the you know, basically a top law enforcement official knows these cases. They He knows the horror of them and everything else. And guess what? If he gets elected governor and, and goes into office in January, you better believe the their death dates are going to be, start being set again.
1: Yeah, and and um, so the governor, you know, he, he's passed, right, at this right. point. On August 9th, he issues a letter directly to the pardon board. From the governor, and it's and it's important now, to mention ahead. before to before we get into this letter that uh, the pardon board is an appointed position,
2: right. they, and, and probable pardon parole board they, they each. My mama was on it under, underneath Governor um, Evan Evers. She yep. was appointed to it. Right. Yep. They are a handpicked and by appointed. the governor. When I was with the state police, I used to have to do their backgrounds. Yeah. Right. And and polygraph them you know, when they came through. Even though they were appointed positions, this is a powerful position.
1: But but you're you get it because the governor appointed you yeah so I mean if you know it's it's human nature you you appoint people to positions right. typically no matter whether what what side of politics you're on right. uh that would have your same point of view right right I mean it, it's just it's human nature so it's important to mention that these are appointed by the governor and likely the you know many of them probably share his same point of view but
2: even if so, they don't share his point of view there's like let's say um I'm at the state police, and the colonel appoints me to, to whatever, right? And I'm more than likely going to do what he suggests. Yeah, at least give it a shot.
1: So he he's aggravated about the decision not to hear uh, not to hear these cases, and he writes, "Dear board members," and this is the actual letter he wrote to them, y'all. I write you today about the clemency applications that were recently submitted, asking the board to consider the recommendation of commutation. For the 56 incarcerated people at Louisiana State Penitentiary, who, bloody, Angola, bloody Angola, who have been sentenced to death and are awaiting execution, at the board's July 24th meeting, the board was scheduled to consider waiver of rules and board policy. Remember, he wanted, to, he wanted them to waive that year, uh, that statute requiring a year. Uh, after consideration of testimony, including a representative of the Office of the Attorney General, the board removed the agenda item from consideration and set aside the applications. Right. After thoughtful consideration, I'm asking the board to set these cases for hearing in a manner least disruptive to the non capital cases currently pending before the board. Right. Uh, It is important to first acknowledge that these applicants are seeking commutions or reductions of their sentences from death to life in prison without benefit of parole. Absent a finding by the court of actual innocence, none of these individuals will be released from prison ever if these applications are granted. Further, these requests are distinguishable from a request of reprieve. As governor, I have the constitutional authority to grant a reprieve or stay of execution unilaterally, but this action is temporary. A commution, which is permanent, is constitutionally predicated upon board recommendation, and the board is given broad authority in adopting rules to perform its duty. At issue in these applications is the interpretation of the rule providing for the time frame which an application for commution of a death sentence may be submitted. So he goes on, y'all, and he basically focuses on two words: the word "may" and the word "shall." And the way that that uh, the way that that statute is written uh, uses the word "may." So he says, to read the provision as a limitation and prohibition of these applications being filed outside a year from the date of denial is misreading of the permissive may versus the mandatory shall. So in other words, if it's written, an inmate may file for clemency within one year. That's how it's written now. He's saying in order for it to be mandatory that it has to be a year, it should read the inmate shall. That's that's his legal reasoning for that one word may versus shall. And, you know, you can argue both sides of that point, incidentally, if you're a good attorney. So it's he goes on to say this, and this is really important. It is no secret where my personal beliefs lie with respect to the death penalty. I'm guided by my deep faith in taking a pro-life stance against the death penalty. Beyond moral justifications, there are a number of reasons, whether based in law or science, that support the need for mercy. I believe we must consider further the imperfect nature of the criminal justice system and the actual innocence that has been proven far too often. He goes on to talk about some exonerations. And look, we've talked about them on our show, where, uh, you know, sadly, there there were instances where people were were sentenced to death that were not guilty. Okay, that... There's no doubt that that happens, and that's a big argument of his here. But I can I can tell you, ninety nine point nine nine percent of the time, they get it right. Yep. Um, there's always an extenuating circumstance, so he issues that letter. It's actually four pages. I'm not going to read it all to you, but but it had an effect. Absolutely, and the board has now decided. To hear those cases. And and this is another point to bring up. He said in that letter that uh, you know, they're never gonna be released from prison ever. It's not true. It happens all the time. When people get commuted to life sentences, it happens all the time. Look, there are people in prison now that are serving life for second degree murder.
2: Let me tell you a couple of uh cases. recent cases and i've covered uh, i covered one of these last year at the, at the crew bash all right and it was these two girls that robbed and murdered this this dope dealer basically and and she got uh, her name is don bennett she got life for second degree murder in the louisiana it used to mean anyway life meant life you're never getting out right well guess what happened she got one of these hearings, and they commuted her sentence from the second degree life without to to with the possibility of the parole. And within two months, she had her parole hearing, and she got out. The other one, uh, Ashley Posey, and and they they when robbed, man, they called her uncle. Was a bunch of them lined up at the door, and they shot, and they killed him. And she got a life without. Guess what? She got one of these hearings, and I, I think I covered that one on Patreon. But the um for real life, real crime. But she got the hearing, and you know it's been thirty years now. And she gets the hearing, and they they gave her you know parole basically. Yeah. But the she had that the clemency hearing, and then and her without got taken all, and that made her automatically eligible for parole. You have to do however much of your time, right? And that in she, she's out. She's out, and in. So this is a very real deal, and while we're building up on this story, before we tell you the crimes of what these people committed, this is bullshit. And, and there's nothing to say that if they get – he can say all he wants to, but there's it, nothing to tell – he did not have a crystal ball in the future because these people are going to apply. You, you, now they're going to go – if they get off death row, they're going to get uh, life without uh, – yeah, you, then you can steal petition.
1: That's right. And, and to be heard. And if it gets heard and you get commuted, you're getting out. You're getting out and and uh like what he just said, there's no crystal ball to know what's gonna happen in the future. And here's the other thing. Uh the parole board, this is important. The parole board has no uh, limitations into what they can grant. Right. So technically, and I'm not saying this is going to happen. As a matter of fact, I would say it's highly, highly unlikely it would happen. But technically, you could have the, you know, a guy on death row, and they hear this case, which uh-huh. that part's going to happen, and they could say, you know what, uh, we feel like you're you're ready to be released. They could technically recommend release. It,
2: it, no, what, what, Just like
1: another, they don't have to go with life. It's the same board
2: that heard Don Bennett's and Ashley Posey's when they gave them the clemency and they they took away the life without part. Then it's the same board that they go back for, and they still have to get a hearing scheduled. And they go it's like two months later, and it's the same board. What do you think the decision is going to be? That's you right. already recommended it and take the life part off and then it come
1: back in and they already know th- this convict and they let him out. Yeah. And, and that's right. And three points here or a couple of points that I want to make. Number one, look, there's there are tons of people in prison right now that are in prison for second-degree murder that actually committed first-degree murder. Right. And yeah. what happened was That's they right. plea bargained. They didn't Damn want straight. the death penalty, Damn so they plea bargained to life in prison. So that tells you how bad and heinous the crimes must have been right. for them to actually right. get the death penalty. And, and uh, I, I worked so many which of Which is first-degree
2: and, and you're right, standing where the DA did it because the family didn't want to go for 18 or 20 years of appeals or uh, or or – Unfortunately, the victims were more of a high-risk lifestyle or whatever. Whatever reason, they did it. The, the, or spared like, the family like having Mark, to Mark, absolutely. and and Absolutely. Um, Mark Lewis, Caitlin Nadale, Jeanna Benoit, right? And, and when Janna Benoit came in with, with, off the DNA on the cold case after he murdered Caitlin, the, they were going, hey, we're going for the death penalty because you're a serial killer. And you know what he did? Yeah. Mm, don't, you know, don't put it on trial and I'll take life. Yeah. Right. Yeah. So I'm monsters. Yeah. And and and, and, and so there's a lot of people that are there, but you get the death penalty. Man, it's something. Yeah, I mean, I I can't impress upon you enough. Go listen to the death penalty phase one through whatever on real life real crime. This dude uh, hacked these people up that he killed. He, he right. said, I run their neck like a chicken and, and then had sex with the corpse and stuff like that. And then dismembered and, and put them all over the place. Fuck what? I mean, and you have a
1: pattern in a history of doing this type of crime. You're going to do it again. That's right. They don't even deserve the shot. So right. uh, just to tell you the steps and and how they work here, because it's important uh, with these reviews. So the board has these hearings with uh, with these inmates, these fifty six death row uh, inmates, and upon a favor one at a time, yeah. one at a time. Well, yes, it, yeah. but they might do five in a day. Yeah, 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 let's yeah, say, yeah, yeah. and in this case, they are. They're actually doing five in a day. Um, but the board has these hearings in in upon a favorable review. So let's say uh, someone comes up, and I guarantee you, there is going to be some mm. that they recommend life in prison that are now. Uh, serving the death penalty, if they do the issue that favorable review, it goes back to the governor, and he has the option to approve or deny that. Right. Well, you already know he's yeah, already he's said I'm approving. Right. You know uh, anybody that comes across essentially. Right. So, does it have to be unanimous? The answer to that is no. Uh, there are five uh, pardon board members. Four of five. Have to recommend a favorable review or a quorum. So if let's say two didn't show up, they were sick. Right, right. right. We well, have that three there. Lot, yeah. Two out of three would right. have to That's approve. Right. That's right. The only time they wouldn't have a meeting and hear it is if you did not have a quorum in the room. So if you only right. had two people, if they don't have enough. They don't have enough. Or if they have four, uh, they're okay because three out, they're, three out of four is all they would need. So. Very valid point. Very valid point, and and just crazy. Now, we're not the only ones that were shocked about this, and uh, the Louisiana District Attorneys Association was yeah, sure shocked pissed. about it, and they gave and, an and, opinion.
2: And, uh, y'all, uh, these are the people – who prosecuted these cases, and then not only in the guilt phase they say, "Yeah, you did this heinous crime." Okay, then you turn around and like I'm doing a real life, real crime original now. The death penalty phase is a whole separate trial, and where they get to bring in stuff uh, about past crimes and things like that, like the the one I'm doing now, when Eric Mickelson, he actually confessed to. Uh, he got found guilty for murdering the, uh, this. Uh, World War II veteran and choking him to death and robbing him and cutting him up and all that, well, you know, when he got arrested for it, he also confessed to Miss Christy O'Prye, yeah, m- Murdering her and and having sex with her corpse and then, you know, he did what he did with her. Et these people are the ones who have to prosecute this. And, yeah. and so they live it and they know these families and everything else and you better believe they don't take prosecution like Jim was saying earlier for the going for the death penalty and the hard work involved exactly. in that. And, Hugo and, Holland, and you think he likes that? Absolutely. I mean I bet Mr. Hugh is flipping on this. And uh, uh he's a y'all a special prosecutor who's put more people in death row than you can count. But so the Louisiana District Attorney Association, the very powerful organization, right? At every parish in the state has a district attorney. All right, Uh, And and that's an elected position, y'all. So they wrote this. For immediate release on August 10th, 2023, we have just learned that the Pardon Board has opted to schedule at least 20 clemency hearings from September to November. Anytime the public we serve perceives a thumb on the scales of justice at any level, it erodes their confidence in what we do. Irrespective of your opinion of the death penalty, Eleventh-hour mass expedited clemency hearings are not the proper venue to have the debate. The legislature and the courts are where the will of the people and the Constitution meet. Unfortunately, at least a majority of the pardon board has opted to ignore their own rules. The only official opinion on the issue, which they requested, the advice of their own attorney, and the pleas of so many of the victims based solely upon the request of the governor to proceed with hearings that are clearly untimely. It is worthy of note that while the governor's request expressed concern over the emotional toll this was taken upon the members of the pardon board, it is completely devoid of any reference to the impact upon the crime victims and their families. That silence is deafening. It is unconscionable to force any victims to relive the most horrific events of their lives under what is clearly a manufactured crisis. This is unprecedented in our history, and it is disingenuous at best to couch This is the normal order of things. These are the most horrific and complex Plex cases in our system, and they are being rushed through, jumping ahead of 440 previously filed applications. Of course, each each DA with affected victims and cases will have the opportunity to oppose each application. It is unfortunate that the survivors and their families are being thrust into this chaos. Rest assured that the district attorneys and their staff are steadfastly working at this very moment to determine the best course of action on how to make sure that the victims are heard and justice prevails. Lauren signed Lauren M Lampert, executive director. Now I want to talk about that. Yes. So y'all on these hearings, this is what happens. The boards uh, now most of them are done by or uh, uh, published publicly by Zoom, but the the but the board is sitting up there. They bring in the, the convict, the convict. They have some a representative from the prison, um, and then you'll see on the screen all these other people. If if the district attorneys care, uh, you know, or or, uh, or oppose this this hearing, like we know they do in this case, that you're going to have a representative from the district attorney's office you're going to have a representative from the law enforcement agency that hand, that made the arrest in the case or worked the case. You're going to have representatives if if they choose to be there from the victim's families. Then, but the sad part is you the person that's up for parole is going to have representatives for themselves to testify to their character and how good they are and you know why they should get this special treatment and all this stuff. And it's shit. It goes around. So the, the I mean, they talk about the crimes, And yeah, but first of all, they talk about how long you've been down. This is the board. asking some questions. How long you've been down for on this, on this charge. And, and you know, what kind of schooling have you done? Have you got your GED? And, you know, are you doing this? Have you taken any of your management classes and all this bullshit? Then they asked the, 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 Correction officer or the representative of the prison, in this instance, can be bloody Angola. Have they had any infractions? Uh, you know, what kind of convict have they been or inmate have they been, et cetera? And then they'll they'll start to ask them questions about the crime, right? And in most cases, and I can remember my mom when she's on the parole board bringing these big freaking stacks of case files home. They're hearing like ten or fifteen each day. Uh, uh, and it's not the they get, they only get the highlights of it, right? Damn. The important more that's the basic information. They don't have the nuts and bolts of it like the um, the DAs and the cops that work this case and the victims' families can tell how it's okay. impacted their lives. And so that they, you know, and then certainly they don't have all the time in the world to do it. And they and they get them in there and listen to it. But you better believe these hearings. There won't be 15 in a day. These hearings are going to take time because if I'm the district attorney or I'm the law enforcement agency that worked it, I'm going to tell you everything. I'm going to tell you how they cut the body up or they they raped this little baby and set them on fire or they pulled the teeth. Whatever the uh, aggravating circumstances are, I'm going to make sure that, that the victim yes. gets heard again.
1: And that that is the, the horror of it. The most important part of this whole thing is the victims are not being, in my opinion, I'm sure Woody's opinion, probably a lot of other people's, uh, represented. Yeah, the, the, at all. I mean, these these crazy these regular
2: hearings happen every single day. You can go watch them on YouTube and I, that I've watched some of the cases people have, uh that came up with my cases like Christina Constance and mm-hmm. and and you know she came up for freaking parole and she get in there she's laughing and shit and and the parole board all they could see is that all this good shit that she's got and she lied she admitted during the thing and they didn't catch on the parole board she's not supposed to have any contact with the victims she admitted that she was having contacts with them yes. and 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 everything else and fuck they let her out let her and, out. And but but they only have what they have in front of them, uh in in basically she lied and, and, and uh about the severity of the crimes and everything else, and they don't know any better. All they have is an arrest, you know, this you were arrested for this. Tell me what happened, and of course she blamed on David Constance and everything else. But the the in murder cases, y'all, the victim can't come out as dig himself out or them themselves out of the grave and come in and testify about the horror of the
1: last minutes they experienced on this earth. That's right. And, uh, and you know, every, every district attorney, every district attorney's office in the state got open arms about this. They're upset about it. And Hiller Moore, who is the district attorney for East Baton Rouge Parish, great guy, great guy. Um, he had his opinion on it, and let's
2: take real quick on it. Not only is he a great guy, y'all. I mean, I do know him, but he is more—he's more than fair. But he believes in fighting for, um, the victims. But if it's wrong, he'll say it's wrong. That's I mean, right. I mean, i been mean, talking about the case, and he—he I mean, he won't prosecute it.
1: Yeah. So Hiller Moore, you know, like all of these attorneys and these district attorneys in these parishes, look. They've already put these cases to bed. These people have been convicted. They're sentenced to death. You take that file, you put it in an old file cabinet, and it's gone, right? You never have to look at it again. Well, all of a sudden, these 56 requests come in. And your office is on fire having it, because now you've got to dig up these cases and you've got to go defend why they don't need. You have to send a representative to say, here's why we don't want them to get clemency. And he issued, he wrote a letter when he made his public, because now they've got to make public information requests and all this. And he wrote a letter during that request. And he said, recently, over 50 applications for commution were filed on behalf of the capital offenders, including several in East Baton Rouge Parish, including the capital convictions of David Bowie, Quincy Broden, Henry Broadway, which incidentally, uh, if you know who Ward Dunn right. is. Uh, okay. That his Bill mother, who Betty's, was a police officer, mother, so yes, Baton Rouge City, that's right, is one of the ones up. He
2: for, murdered her when she was going to the bank. Uh, um, she was working the extra duty, but she was in uniform and then he murdered her for a handful of cash.
1: That's right. Uh, Alan Robinson, uh, you know, goes on the name, uh, Gregory Brown. Uh, the effort to seek commission has already been well planned, organized, and financed. This is his words. Right. Extensive media coverage was immediately published, including details on inmates who had petitions filed, as well as interviews with advocates against the death penalty. Right. He's basically saying this was coordinated right. in a, a, to and some it was. political and end. I mean,
2: it, it didn't take a fucking rocket scientist to see that that this is John Bell Albert's trying to.
1: Well, his his next sentence was the governor has publicly expressed his opposition to capital punishment and his term expires January 8th, 2024. The current wave of applications for commission of sentence have come to a surprise to several district attorneys, including myself and many of many members of the public to several of the victims families. The news of the applications came as shock and has caused significant confusion, particularly in the light of the associated media exposure. Many family members of murder victims have received letters from attorneys representing the inmates in advance of the disclosure of news of the anticipated filing of clemency applications. Hmm. Right. Based on these letters I've reviewed, they purport to offer communication and support, but they did not inform the victim's family member recipient that they might expect that a clemency application was going to be filed for purposes of understanding how a victim's family member might receive the news of filing of applications for commission just a short time after receiving a letter offering support. Work done has allowed that I may share a letter he received uh, and Warwick, as we told you, is the son of Betty Smothers, a Baton Rouge police and, officer who and, was killed. And, and a and, very famous NFL player. Yes. Now
2: the very active community here and builds houses for for the, the lower-income families and gives these houses to people. I mean, he's just a great guy.
1: Yeah, a great guy. And he is one of the ones considered. Uh, he mentioned that to paint a picture of how heinous, because this this was a Baton Rouge police officer right. that was killed at a bank. For nothing. For nothing. Uh,
2: and he's got a shit ton of brothers and sisters, too.
1: Yeah. yeah. It, for for crimes so serious as to carry out the death penalty, certain procedural rules are required. As it currently stands, it takes our office several years to bring death penalty cases to trial with hundreds of motions. Uh, He goes on to list, you know, just all the work involved in that. So basically what he's saying is, uh, you know, this feels kind of like a slap in the face that we put in all this work time and the people's money. Right. And the 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 people's
2: wishes. Yes. They they, that's you think somebody in a death penalty phase of a trial doesn't hurt them. They they, they don't want to be responsible for somebody being executed. But the facts are when they're so aggravated and so horrendous that they voted to put that person to death.
1: Yeah, uh, it's just horrible. And, and I'm going to read you the letter real quick. This is from, uh, Sarah Ottinger. She is an attorney at law in new Orleans and she wrote uh, Warwick work done just now in Hill or more. I made that reference, uh, First of all, at the top, she said Warren Dunn. She, yeah, she couldn't even get name the name right. right. That's crazy. Uh, dear Mr. Dunn, no I am... Respect. No respect. I am writing to introduce myself as an attorney representing Henry Broadway. I can imagine that it may be difficult to receive this letter out of the blue for me. I apologize if it adds to your grief. I want to express my deepest sympathies for the loss of your mother. I can't imagine what you've been through, and I want to be sensitive to the impact that Mr. Broadway's proceedings may have on you. For that reason, I have engaged a defense victim outreach specialist to establish an open line of communication so you can be informed of important developments. And she goes on with this apologetic letter. But look, this is required by law. You have to inform the victim's families if any sort of hearing is taking place. That's That's the only reason she sent that. Get the name right next time. I was offended by that, and I'm not even him. That's disgusting. Um, So, we told you all that, and you may wonder who these people are. Yeah,
2: so let's do this, because we we certainly don't want want to rush any of them or anything. Jim, why don't you tell them about... Let's give them at least one before we close this episode. And and okay, you will get one. Give them one, <laughs> uh, one, and we're going to cover all fifty six. Now That's we right. know we you know we don't do politics and all that shit on. on uh, we try not to, but we're just telling you the facts of, of how this is unfolding. Now the you're going to get to hear. Why these fifty six people are on death row? That's right. Right, and and we'll let Jimmy tell you one of them.
1: So I'm gonna, you know, this is uh, this will tell you how heinous some of these people are. I just basically said, okay, I'm gonna let my eyes focus on one name on the page, and I'm gonna tell his crime. Right, and remember that. So this I, I been, didn't, I didn't pick the worst one. This could Let's have been your family
2: line. member. This could have been.
1: The, whoever the victim is could have been your loved one. So we're going to go with Anthony Bell. And Anthony Bell was convicted of five counts in East Baton Rouge Parish of first-degree murder for the May 20, 2006 shooting at the Ministry of Jesus Christ Church. He was also convicted of one count of attempted first-degree murder for the shooting of Pastor Claudia Brown. The victims were identified as 78-year-old Leonard Howard, 72-year-old Glory Howard, 67-year-old Dolores McGrew, 47-year-old Darlene Selvage, and Bell's wife, 24-year-old Erica Bell. That's just one right. of the 56. Well, now, we're going to do two things for you. Yeah. We're going to, in the next episode, cover the 56 just like we did with that one guy and for patron members only we have an extended coverage of the first 20 that are coming up for these hearings and it's a little longer it's a little more in depth regarding their Uh, crimes
2: yeah like that's when y'all i remember it and and he uh went into the church and, and, and killed his wife and then he killed all those elderly people. Yes. And they're in church. And this and, guy's and, coming and, up for clement Yes. And, and they were in church on a Sunday and he went in there because he had the red ass with his wife. I think they were going to a uh, uh, separation or something and he killed her and he shot all those uh, other people mm. in cold blood. Yeah. They all got family members. They all got. I mean, the year most of them in their seven in their seventies. I think one in their sixties. Other than his wife being twenty four, he murdered them right. for no reason. That's right. And 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 now he's up for clemency. Clemency. It they those people in church, all those victims didn't get any clemency.
1: That's right. And look, uh, at the end of the day, this whole thing for me wraps up to. You know, a jury of their peers right. sentenced them to death, and the people have spoken. Right.
2: Period. And, and, and y'all, I I'm the,
1: who who is this, anybody to change that?
2: Exactly. And like them doing the death penalty, it's just, it's just so who happens that I'm doing that series right now in Real Life Real Crime, and this is going on. But it is such a serious thing. These are. It could have been you that was on the jury. These are twelve people who from all walks of life, you know, and, and who are normal people, and they are having to decide to take someone's life. Yeah. They do not take that. You, know, you go listen to my series. They do not take it lightly. Right. And, but they hear such horror that they're like, Holy smokes, this person doesn't deserve
1: to breathe." That's right. And give them the ultimate punishment. That's right. So next week we're going to cover all 56 of those Patron members, you're going to get a bonus episode just for you also next week that will cover the first 20 coming up for uh, these hearings. These hearings, incidentally, start in October. Uh, October 13th, I think. actually. Yeah, they said September.
2: Or is it Sep- September and October? I think it changed. Oh, I think it, it change? changed. Okay,
1: so. Yeah, I think I think they moved it or, or something. But we'll, we'll get we'll confirmation right. of that. Uh, but definitely, some hearings do start on October 13th, uh, and that will be the first 20. It'll run throughout the week. Look, they're going to televise these on YouTube live during these hearings, and they're going to archive them. So if you can't, you know, if you work or whatever, you can't catch them live, they'll be on YouTube, yeah. and we'll provide links yeah, for all I, of that. I'm going to cover several of them in Real Life Real Crime because several of them are cases that I'm familiar with. Absolutely. So look for that. That'll be good. Uh, but patron members will cover, we'll go real in depth on the 21s that are coming up first. Uh, for everybody else, we're going to to discuss just a little bit about each of the 56 inmates that are currently going to get
2: hearings. I'm very, just like that horrible shit
1: you just heard. I'm very visual,
2: dude. And, and I think about, and this is a small church, uh, um, over on the other side of Baton Rouge, and I know exactly where it's at and, and everything, but I think about this guy opening up the doors when they're in service and walking around room and starts killing these defenseless people. Shoot now, you however many killed, they're all there, right? Yeah. He they're the last victim got to watch all the other victims being shot to death.
0: Yeah. And what
2: do you do? Right? Yeah. These people are the worst of the worst. This shit cannot happen.
1: No, and and uh, so look, but for, it's
2: all bloody Angola, y'all, because they're they're living on death row and bloody Angola. Yeah, and and so that's why we're bringing it to you.
1: Look for it next week. We'll discuss all all fifty six of those folks. And and hey, thank you to the patron members for supporting yes, us. So I know so we much. just dropped. Uh, a couple of days ago, a, a another transcribed episode for right. those of you yeah, that love yeah. to read them, and I know there's a lot of them out there that right. do. Right, well, uh, we appreciate and love each
2: and every one of you. You can't be a patron, member, that's, that's great too. We appreciate you, and uh, please like and share us. And
1: uh, yeah, just your support of doing yeah, so that is, is, is goes a long way. Uh, you know, tell your friends, and, and yeah, make sure, uh, and make, make sure to subscribe. That sure way, you never miss that's an right. episode. That's right. And until next time I'm Jim Chapman and I'm Woody Everton your host of Bloody Angola a podcast 142 years in the making complete story of America's
2: bloodiest prison Peace. peace
0: Shackled chain, oh, gruesome Gertie is calling my name. There is no mercy in this penitentiary. Just ask the hill string gang. Ring.